1: Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hello, you're listening to 5-Minute Folklore with me, Bob Shoy. This episode will take a look at the heroic character from Iranian folklore, Arash the Archer. Arash is considered the symbol of bravery and sacrifice in Persian culture. As usual, I'll start by telling a story before getting a little bit more in-depth. So here's today's five-minute folklore, the story of Arash the Archer. Long ago, the country of Tehran waged war. On Iran. Manacher, the monarch of Iran, was not a great man, and the country was becoming chaotic. Word reached Pashtad, Turan's king, of the disorganization in Iran, and he seized his opportunity. He called upon the prince, Afrasiab, and told him they were to take advantage of Manacher's misrule, and that he was to lead an army into Iran to take their land from them. Gladly, Afrasiab said, and left to prepare himself for combat. The war began. There were many bloody battles, and the war was a long one. The Iranian soldiers defended the borders as best they could. But, under Afrasiab's leadership, the Turan army was far more tactical and strong, and continued to press the attack. Manacher was as poor a leader in war as he was in peace, and eventually, during one battle, he found himself and his men surrounded by Afrasiab's army. Afrasiab called out, Surrender, Manacher. This land now belongs to Turan. I want peace, but I cannot give you our land, cried Manacher. Afrasiab stepped forward and approached Manacher. Then let us come to an agreement," he said. They discussed terms for some time, and finally settled on an arrangement. The Iranian land was to be seized by Tehran, but Manacher would be given the chance to claim some of it back. He would be allowed to select one of his soldiers, to stand at the top of Albor's mountain, and with a bow, fire an arrow into the sky. The land from the mountain to the arrow's resting place would be given back to Iran. It was the best deal that Manachair could get, and so he reluctantly accepted. <sighs> Agreed. Good. That night, a divine being came into contact with Manachair and gave him instructions.
2: You are to construct a special bow and a singular arrow. The man who will find will
1: Arash. Manacher spent the night crafting the bow and arrow. In the early hours of the next morning, he called upon his strongest soldiers to come forward for the honour of firing the bow and reclaiming their land. Amongst the candidates was a man named Arash. Even without the message from the night before, he was exactly what Manacher was looking for strong, brave and proud of his country. Manachair selected him and handed him the bow. Harash, take this bow and give all that you have for your country. Arash merely nodded. He climbed the mountain and as dawn was breaking he looked out over the land and thought of the importance of what he was about to do. He raised the bow took a deep breath and pulled the arrow back with all of his strength. Manachair's words rang in his ears. Give all that you have for your country. He intended to do just that. He released the arrow. It flew into the air and continued to soar for the entire day. It finally came to the ground at sunset. As was the agreement, the entire land between the mountain and where the arrow landed formed the new expanse of Iran. Arash was celebrated as a hero, but he was never seen again. Manacher climbed the mountain to find him, but there was nothing to find. Arash had given everything he had for his country. His entire life force had gone into the shot that he made his physical form had vanished. I hope you enjoyed the story. It's been really interesting for me to look into some Middle Eastern stories, which aren't as commonly told in the West. Now we're going to take a closer look at who Arash is in relation to other Persian figures, his importance in Iranian culture, and the variations of his story. Arash is a Persian national hero. He is selfless, compassionate and brave, and sacrificed himself to preserve his country's territory. The origin of his name linguistically means luminous, brilliant and shining, and derives from the ancient Hindi language. Arash is still a popular name today and represents the courage of sacrifice for values. The supposed date of his heroic act was the morning of Tier 13th roughly July 4th for the Gregorian calendar, and it was celebrated with a feast. This is said to be the origin of the Tirgan festival, which is still a summer celebration for Iranians and still often features commemorative ceremonies for Arash. Travellers who lost their way on the Alborz mountain range, where Arash is told to have fired his arrow from, have claimed that they heard the voice of Arash, who guided them, helped them find their way, and saved their lives so perhaps his spirit is still acting as a hero to this day. In Iranian mythology Manacher from the previous story was a king that reigned for 120 years and Arash was his best warrior Arash is also linked to another important character from these folklores he is said to be the descendant of Fereydun the Iranian mythical king from the kingdom of Arina Faradan is considered the symbol of victory justice and generosity in Persian culture he famously battled Zahak A very villainous figure in Persian mythology, who is the incarnation of an evil dragon. The story of Arash the Archer is a very old one, and as with most folklores I cover, there are many variations of how it's told. I'm going to go through the story now and look at the differences in its many versions. The war between Iran and Turan is sometimes vaguely just referred to be over royal glory. The war is often told to have lasted 60 years. Afrasiab leads the Turanians into battle. In my version, he is the prince and son of King Pashtad. In others, he is sometimes the king himself, or just one of the king's favoured generals. Some versions have Manachair surrounding Afrasiab in battle, instead of the other way round, where they come to an arrangement for peace. The divine being that visits manacher in the night is most commonly called Sepandamaz, or Esvandaramad, a holy immortal known as an Amesha Spenta, and is the angel of the domain of Earth. The Amesha Spenta tells Manacher to craft the bow and arrow, though in some versions it is a special bow that Arash already owns, and sometimes the Divine Being visits Arash instead. I referred to the mountain that Arash climbs as al bors al is a string of mountains in Iran. Amongst them is Damavand, which is the tallest mountain in the entire country. Some stories will merely say al as mine did, Others will more specifically specify Damavand, although I have read other mountain names, such as Rian used. Many versions will have Arash aware of the sacrifice he must make before he raises the bow, or him just knowing that it will take his entire life energy to make the arrow fly. He will remove his shirt at the top of the mountain, and speak to the sky. I have a few examples of translations of this. One is, Look, I'm healthy, and there is no flaw in me. But I know that the moment I release the arrow, all my power will leave my body, and it will go with the arrow. Or another translation is, Behold, my body is free of any wound or sickness, but after this bow shot, I will be destroyed. He releases the arrow, sometimes disappearing completely, or just collapsing, either way placing his soul into the arrow. And it is also sometimes added that the god Hormoz orders the angel of the wind to carry and protect the arrow. The distance the arrow travels varies wildly. In mine it was the commonly told dawn until sunset, but some of the others are dawn till noon, two days, a 40-day walk, 1,000 leagues, or, very specifically, 2,250 kilometres. There is also a version that says the arrow flew on forever, And never landed, implying that Iran has no borders and potentially rules the world. The location of the arrow's landing also changes. Many times it's a river, like the Amadaya River, the Oxus River, or the Jaihun River. Sometimes it lands in the Aral Sea, or a version I like is that it strikes into the tallest walnut tree in the world. There is a telling of the story where Arash does not die and is exalted after his heroic feat, and appointed commander of the Iranian archers. In 1959, the Iranian poet Siavash Kasrai, who lived from 1927 to 1996, wrote Arashi Kamangir, which is a long and epic retelling of the Arash the Archer story. As it is very long, I'm just going to read a short extract from it now. The earth was quiet, the sky was quiet, as if all the world was listening to Arash. Little by little, sun appeared from behind the mountains. Thousands of golden spears were thrown to the sky's eyes. Arash took a look at the city, calmly. Children on the roofs, girls sitting in the alleys, mothers, sad, sitting beside the doors. The men were in the way a song with no words, with painful sorrow. What song can be composed for the firm-souled steps, for the steps which know their destination well? His enemies opened the road in a mocking silence. Children called him from above the roofs. Mothers prayed for him, girls holding the necklace in hands, pushing hard, accompanied him with love and power. A rash, but he was still silent. He climbed up Albor's mountain, and teardrops would follow him. At night, those who were looking for Arash on the mountains, they were back, without any sign of Arash's body, with a bow and no arrow. Yea, yea, Arash put his life and soul in the arrow. He did the job of thousands and thousands of arrows. In the Sadabad Palace, in Tehran, there is a famous statue of Arash, looking like a noble archer, similar to the way the English character of Robin Hood is often portrayed. I'll post up a picture of that for any of you that follow me in the various places online. I'm going to start wrapping the show up now. I really did enjoy looking at some Iranian folklore and would love to look at some other Middle Eastern stories in the future. Hopefully I didn't mess up any of the pronunciations too badly, and apologies if I did. I'll just very quickly run through the usual info. Visit the website 5minutefolklore.com for links to the various social media accounts related to the show. You can also donate there via PayPal or DonorBox. If you've enjoyed this run of episodes, then consider doing that. It's really appreciated as I do all this for free. Also, you can help out by spreading the word about the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. Even if you don't usually use iTunes, if you just took a minute to do that, then that really helps out too. You can get in contact directly via the email 5 folklore at gmail.com or through the website, or you can find me on Twitter at, at @bobshoy. That's at B-O-B-S-H-O-Y Thanks to Tom Georgeson, Rick Dove and Rebecca Chapman for Voices This Week. I hope you've enjoyed this run of episodes. There's going to be a break now for a month or so, but I look forward to working on some more. So stay subscribed and they'll pop up when the show restarts. I've had lots of great and varied suggestions for topics, so please keep sending them in. Until next time, thanks for listening. To play us out, we have this week a portion of the poem Arashi Kamanjir, talked about earlier in the show by Siavash Kasrai, and some more traditional Iranian music. <laughs>
2: بی نشان از پیکر آرش با کمان و ترکشی بی تیر آری آری جان خود در تیر کردارش کار صدها سد صد هزاران تیغه شمشیر کردارش تیر آرش را سوارانی که می رندن بر جیهون به دیگر نیم روزی از پی ان روز نشسته بر تناور ساق گردوی فرود دیدن به آنجا را از آن پست مرز ایران شهر و توران باز دامیدن. آفتاب در گریز بیشتاب خیش سالها بر بام دنیا پاکشان سر زد ما تاب بی‌نصیب از شبروی‌هایش همه خاموش در دل هر کوی و هر برزن سر به هر ایوان و هر در آفتاب و ماه را در گشت سال‌ها ها بگذشت سال ها و باز در تمام پهنه البرز هزر در آمدی من از خود بدر شده از در درآمدی من از خود به در شدهن که از این جهان به جهان